your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we are back. The corona yes. keeps trying to kill our podcast, but surprise, we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been drinking our bleach and getting that UV light, so... Oh yeah, We're love surviving. a Tide Pod challenge. <laughs> I was I uh, tracked down that malaria medication or whatever it is yeah. that supposedly you know is curing Anything people. We need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But New York's sort of letting up some of the uh, some of the quarantine rules. Houston's doing the same. Have you been part of the droves of crowds in the parks or? I, is New York letting up on our rules? I don't think that they are. I think <laughs> that people, people are, just are just breaking it. <laughs> oh okay, okay. I wasn't sure. I saw some angry tweets about about uh, Central Park and uh, the West Village. So, well, I mean, the parks are opened and you're allowed to go to them. It's not like they're closed, but you're supposed to obviously be like social distancing and I think uh, and wearing masks and staying yeah. away from people. So, like, I go out every day and go for a walk like around my neighborhood, but I'm just to like Wendy's. you know, sort of like. Yeah, to Wendy's. I went to Wendy's this weekend to try their breakfast menu, which was fine in general, except for the fact that they have a Frosty Chino, which is basically just like coffee with Frosty in it. Um, And it is very good. I highly recommend that. So if you're looking to get out and get some, oh, well, you don't drink coffee. Never mind. I'm I'm talking to the wrong person. But if you, listener, drinks coffee... The Frosty Chino is fantastic because it's... Wait, so is the breakfast menu new or something? I'm not like yes. up to date on Wendy. Oh, yes. The Wendy's oh, okay. breakfast menu is new and I keep getting ads for it on Instagram <laughs> because it knows me. And so I walked two miles yesterday morning oh my to the Wendy's and got there, oh, wow. and there and you couldn't order like in the store. So I had to walk through the drive through line in order to get my food. But I tried oh, wow. the Baconator <laughs> breakfast sandwich, which was good. I tried, which is basically like the Baconator, but it adds egg and then also has sausage instead of a hamburger patty. And then I also mm-hmm. got their like honey chicken biscuit, which was good. But I'm not a huge like uh, like sweet and savory person necessarily. So that was right. less for me. But but the big takeaways are the Frosty Chino. And then also instead of hash browns, they have sort of like potato wedge fry kind of things, like home fry things. And those are also very good so highly recommend okay um is that the furthest you've walked for weird food during this quarantine? oh no yeah. i walked four <laughs> miles for the cheesecake factory that was a couple weeks ago so four miles there and four oh miles gosh. back for a grand total of eight miles but i got wow. a free piece of cheesecake out of it so because you told you know. them or no just like because they walked. were it was a special it was a special <laughs> that was going on look at that you really are quarantine body goals getting your steps in I also walked to two miles to Little Caesars last oh weekend, gosh. only to find out that the entire building had been shut down for some kind of like bug infestation pre-corona, Ew. and I hadn't figured it out online. So I walked yes. there, it was closed, and I had to walk two miles back with no pizza. So that was that's depressing sad. as well. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not as good a story. Well, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm impressed. I barely walk around my apartment. I think I'm losing the use of my legs slowly. They Do you go outside, though? <laughs> I'll take Lupe out sometimes. I'll walk the dog. I stopped running because it got too hot and I got lazy. <laughs> that um, that tracks for yeah, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I need to find a new outlet i need to find a new energizing activity um maybe i should start walking to 
fast food places and that could be my thing my daily trek to taco bell that could be my my goal I like almost had a breakdown outside of the Wendy's because one, I couldn't figure out how to order. And then also there was a 7-Eleven that was like literally right across the street. And I wanted a Slurpee so bad, but I knew that I couldn't go in there and like buy a Slurpee because, you know, coronavirus. So it was like I was so close. I felt like I was in one of those movies where, you know, like your loved one is on a train and you're on the platform and you can like see them, but they're like slowly leaving right before your eyes. So. Oh my gosh! I hope you write a collection of short stories about your relationship <laughs> to to fast food during quarantine. But anyways, the city is oh, like the parks are open, but you're not supposed to go to the park and just like hang out. One of my like <laughs> psychotic ex roommates posted a picture on her Instagram of like her. I guess it's her birthday, so she was posting a picture of like her popping a bottle of champagne not wearing a face mask at a park with her friends also not wearing face masks. And there was just like dozens, like hundreds of people also sitting on blankets, like surrounding her. And I was like, this is like, if you go, if you want to go to the park and then you see that there's all these people there, you shouldn't stay at the park. You know, you should like go somewhere else or go for a walk or something, but like not just like set up camp there. I mean, if you go to the park and there's no one there, then fine, lay out a blanket, do whatever you want. But Hmm. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. we want what we want, you know, and, Nothing's going to stop us is basically the theme of one month into quarantine. So true. So true. (laughs) I got that Wendy's breakfast eventually. Anyways, um, we have an email that one of our listeners sent in. Um, Ali sent us an email that said, okay, I'm just chiming in and saying that you guys should watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm. It is definitely sort of stupid, but it's just (laughs) so confusing and fun to watch. I hope you take my suggestion because on Sunday, IDK, if you're reading this after Sunday, May 3rd, but whatever. Okay. Spoiler alert. We are, but the show has its finale. I definitely think you guys will either love it or think it's the stupidest concept ever, (laughs) but either way you will be hooked. Ali is clearly on to our, uh, the the two levels that we have for things. Yeah. Yeah. We either love it or think it's incredibly stupid. Yeah. Well, lucky for Ollie, I actually have watched the entire thing. I I was curious. They did this weird thing where they released the premiere episode like a month before the show actually started, I think, to like build word of mouth interest. And I guess it kind of worked because I heard everyone talking about it. So I was like, I'll watch it. it. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like basically like it takes the elements of Glee and puts them in sort of this weird workplace dramedy where um this girl gets these powers where she can hear people's inner thoughts through musical numbers and so it's like you know no one's really like a great singer it does have the main guy in it is the um pitch perfect like love interest guy oh yeah yeah. watch and yeah i would say ollie does a good job of describing it it's it's pretty dumb but there's something like earnestly sweet about it that you're just kind of like (laughs) oh and um the finale i did watch it this morning actually and i i burst into tears i don't i don't know i think i'm just low bar honestly but yes (laughs) yeah we're all a little frazzled my emotions are just out of whack but it it dealt with something really dark that I wasn't expecting to like get hit so oh. hard by. But it was, yeah, quite a journey. I'm I was curious. I felt like, oh yeah, this will definitely be renewed. But I was reading like 
Twitter thoughts about it and the only people tweeting about this show are the actors on it like they're the only people using the hashtag so I don't know if that's a good thing I mean yeah so it hasn't been renewed yet I mean I guess who knows what they're renewing at this point but (laughs) yeah but it is good and it's fun and there's some fun musical numbers and they all do these like elaborate like modern dances it sort of sounds like the musical Riverdale episodes which I do love so (laughs) Yeah, it's a little le- it's way less like campy than Riverdale's drama. This is very like, you know, it's like real life. It's like, oh, who does she want to date? Like, oh, workplace drama. Like, oh, her family is going through something. So it's not like, wow, there's a serial killer on the loose and there's drugs in our school and whatever else Riverdale is on. Well, season two, we can hope that maybe a cult <laughs> yeah. will happen. Yeah. And if you end up watching it in the next couple of weeks, we can do an episode on it. that's what the people want they're emailing in about it um well i i'm so excited to get into this because i feel like the last couple weeks have been scant on exciting news but this week i feel like i just have so many stories that i want to talk about yeah where to even begin do you have a do you have a story you want to start us off well I mean, this is not really a story so much, but I feel like, and is breaking news, but I was very excited to learn that Colson Whitehead won the Pulitzer Prize again this year for the Nickel Boys, which was really exciting. And I know that you and I both both read that. So just like shout out to him before we get into any of the juicy drama. But I was, I just found out via Twitter. I I thought of you when I saw that. I was like, wow, Matt sometimes does read good books. Like here's the proof his taste isn't totally out of whack i mean one out of ten isn't bad you know and he's only the fourth person ever to win two pulitzers and like well the other people are like faulkner and you know like those kind of people so no he's doing doing good work so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited for him to retroactively get a pulitzer for his zombie book which i'm I think the soul like stan of because it's pretty old. It's one of his older titles, but one day it will be recognized for its greatness. Um, other other news um, that's not like necessarily exciting, but the Oscars announced some changes to their um, yes. I mean, to this year and then in general. First of all, they were like, we're getting rid of sound editing slash sound mixing, and it'll just be a general copy sound award um which feels sort of i mean there is a difference so i wonder if the actual industry people feel passionately about this but i think a lot of us laymen are like yeah it's hard to differentiate and like you know it's two awards that clearly the voters don't actually know the difference on so it makes sense um i was i was reading yeah or i i was reading about the sound categories that um i guess when the categories were originally created sound editing and sound mixing were very different where now i guess they kind of with all of the technology they are sort of like uh, combined in some cases Mm. so the so the people themselves in the sound branch were like yeah we're fine with this being one so oh good phew i know Um, i know but the juicier bit is that this year for this year only they're allowing streaming streamed movies to be eligible as long as they had plans for a theatrical release. So um, Trolls World Tour is eligible, but Extraction, unfortunately, is not. So that's sort of the difference there. That's the Oh, Extraction asterisk. wasn't. They didn't have some kind of weird uh, 
release plan yeah, for that no. <laughs> uh, no limited runs in theaters planned for such a shame it, w- it was such a shoe-in for best picture too honestly definitely best and actor. could have won sound mixing and editing really <laughs> yeah. so it's cinematography it's a double loss for yeah, that everything could have swept best supporting best actress i think um <laughs> yeah there are some roles up for grabs but I mean, I don't know if this really has... I don't think a lot of the movies that did go straight to streaming are actually even likely of being nominated for much. So it'll be interesting if this actually ends up playing a large role in the Oscars, especially as theaters, you know, start to open up and movies start to get placed. So I don't know. I I don't think that it really has much effect yet other than maybe like trolls for best animated or something like that (laughs) but depending on how long this quarantine goes it could have a bigger impact if going into the fall uh things aren't coming out in theaters and so then some of these more like prestigious art housey movies that they're not going to bump to next (laughs) year they could put straight on vod and then those could be oscar eligible but yeah nothing too exciting here what is more exciting i feel like that sort of came out of this and is connected with <laughs> Trolls is that Universal, which is the studio that put Trolls out, well, I guess backing up a little bit. So the production companies or the distributors for movies have traditionally uh, given movie theaters an, a 90-day window. So it's like if a movie comes out, it's in theaters for 90 days and then they can put it on to the internet right. somewhere. So the theaters can get money and then also the company gets money. Well, with coronavirus obviously things aren't going to theaters so they so the company was like we're not going to put trolls in theaters even though we were planning on it we're just going to put it straight on to vod and apparently they made a lot of money that way so they came out with a statement that was like hey guess what after corona's done we (laughs) are going to maybe put stuff onto on demand at the same time that we put it in theaters and the theaters were like um no 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 because that basically (laughs) is eating out of our money so amc came out with a statement that said that they're not going to take any of Universal's movies if they don't give them this 90-day window, which is crazy because Universal has loads and loads of movies that will be coming out that AMC is just not going to be yeah. showing if they don't resolve this conflict. So it's like a weird war between the movie theaters and the distributors, which should be interesting to watch going forward, I think. Yeah, and Regal Cinemas joined AMC in their in their band. So, well, yeah. It's a weird the theaters like, are line. already like short on yeah. money, you know, like theaters <laughs> yeah. aren't doing well. And then to have someone be like, yeah, we're going to take a big portion of your money just so we can put this movie on a computer faster. I mean, I think they're smart. But to be alternatively, like, now they're saying, well, then we don't want any of your pity dollars anyways. And it's like, take your Jurassic World sequels and whatever other big budget like action films we would have had in the theaters and you know, rob us of that money too. But that's so it's the like only a leverage stance. they have, you know, because if they're like, <laughs> yeah. fine, we'll take whatever you give us. The next thing you know, they're right. not going to have anything. Yeah. I mean, AMC has always been driving the hard line. Like they're the ones who rejected movie pass. They wouldn't yes. let movie pass use them. And you know what? <laughs> movie pass went under and AMC a list came out on top. So mm-hmm. maybe they'll win this round, but it also just seems like it seems like a dangerous time to make that gamble because they're literally like bankrupt. So, <laughs> but I think that they also have a lot of time yeah. to make the gamble where it's like <laughs> theaters aren't going to be opening up for at least another month or so. So yeah. they can, you know, have some kind of negotiation with universal right. while this is all happening. 
So And I mean to be fair, like I looked up the lineup of Universal films coming out <laughs> this year and it's not great. So it's not like they told Disney that they wouldn't be showing any of their films or you know, they're not like, oh, we're blocking Tenet from premiering. Like, I think they knew that this was maybe the mid-sized <laughs> fish they could take on. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. Well, also, it's interesting that none of the other companies have come out and been like, yeah, we're also going to put our stuff on VOD. So, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like, was is Universal just going rogue? Is everyone else yeah. like, yeah, we're not going to do that. That doesn't yeah. make sense for us either. Well, and it just seems like an overconfident move on Universal because, yeah... Trolls did super well on VOD right now, but does that mean everyone would rather watch Jurassic World 3 at home than go to a movie theater? Like, I don't know. It it sort of seems like as things settle down, people will gravitate towards wanting the socialization of going to a theater rather than sitting at home and paying $20 to rent a movie. Yeah, well, and then also it's like you can... If a, if a family rents a movie, they're only paying mm. 20 bucks. But if you go yeah. to the theaters, that's so much more money for the, for the studio. Right. So it, I don't know. There's a lot of things going on here that I feel like weren't <laughs> thought out completely when Universal made this statement. I mean, everyone's just making news out of nothing. But it'll be interesting to see how that how they duke that out and if anyone comes out on top or if they all just kind of lose a lot of money in the end. But um mm-hmm. Another cash grab that I'm excited <laughs> to talk about. Um, Stephanie Meyer of Twilight yes. fame. She, <laughs> you know, wrote Twilight in the late 2000s. So the last of the, the four first Twilight one came out in 2005. Isn't that yes. crazy? That's so I long know. ago. I read I that and I was sold. like, oh, my gosh, I'm 900. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's offensive to read these stats because the last book was published in 2008, which I remember very clearly because I was one of those teens who was like, I hate Twilight. I look down on everyone who likes Twilight. Twilight is garbage. And it was like a huge part of my personality, you know, like that was my thing. And like, I Wait, threw, did you like, ever read them? Twilight party? Yes, I hate read everyone. And the fourth book came out and was leaked online. And I read the whole fourth book, like the opening weekend, which looking back, it's like, Shelby, you were obsessed, you know, like whether it was hatred or love, it's it's still Mm -hmm. obsession. But she announced to this week that she's releasing this book called, um, oh man, what is it called? Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun, which is like, oh, I remember this because back in 2008, or in 2009, after the Twilight Saga had finished and she realized no one liked her book, The Host, she announced that she was writing this book, Midnight Sun, and it would be from Edward's perspective. So it would just be the first book just from Edward's, the stalker's perspective. And around the same time, the first 12 chapters leaked. And being an obsessed hater, I immediately (laughs) read all 12 (laughs) chapters. And it was rough, okay? It was painful it was bad i mean obviously it was a first draft but it's also very 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 creepy to read this story from the aggressor and groomers like perspective you know like he's he's there's a very specific scene that i remember so clearly where he greases her window um like her like her window because he needs to open it to get inside to watch her sleep because he watches her sleep yeah yes yeah so it scarred me it's very dark stuff but she pulled it out of the vault and is now publishing it for this year (laughs) well i so i was 
also one of those like, oh, I hate Twilight people. And then at one point I was on vacation and got sick. And so I just read like the whole first book in like an afternoon. It's they're so readable. Like say what you want about Twilight, but they are like you pick it up and then you're done with it in five minutes. And it's like it's really gets you. It sucks you in. So I read them all. And of course, all the movies and whatever. And I remember also when Midnight Sun came out and online the leaked version and I read like a chapter or whatever and it was so much like horny blood obsessed energy of like I can sense the blood pulsing inside her that I was like oh my gosh no this is bad like we can't have this and then yeah I got ditched so the fact that when I saw today that there was a new Twilight book coming out like the headline I was like oh my gosh I bet you anything it's that stupid like edward version but the watch the wildest thing like okay this is a whole fever dream of a saga but the craziest thing is that stephanie meyer literally did the same exact thing five years ago when she released a different version of the first twilight book that had gender swapped the characters so it's like this is Yes, it was called (laughs) Live and Death or something. It was like the 10 year anniversary of the first book came out. She released like this gender swapped version with the other one. It has like a green apple on the cover. You've definitely (laughs) seen it. I was so um, blocked it from my memory. So it's like now this is the third version of the first <laughs> Twilight book that she has published. Meanwhile, she's only published ever two non-Twilight books. And I don't think either <laughs> of them did well. So it's like, yeah. Well, on, I move mean, on, the host was made into a movie starring Saoirse Ronan. So That's there is true. that claim to fame. But what's bonkers you read to that? me, no, but I saw the movie and it was bad. What is absolutely insane is this book is 672 pages long. Well, yeah, because like the, fir- the original like Twilight book. is long. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's that long. Uh, I this think feels that, insanely long to I me. I mean, I feel like she, well, one, we're going to get a lot of weird vampire backstory for sure. You know, there's going to be a lot of them <laughs> yeah. off in the house or whatever. And yeah. he's got a hundred years worth of stuff you can talk about. Yeah. But then so also Twilight, it's going to be. Twilight the original is 498 pages. So, so it adds a little. Yeah. Bit. Those books are long. <laughs> Like, they are not yeah. short books, but they feel short because you can get through them so quickly. <laughs> also, remember the, when Anna Kendrick was in the movies? That was just yes. crazy. Iconic. Yeah, the best part. And how badly, like, um, oh, no, what's his name? Robert. Her, Robert <laughs> Rob, Pattinson? Robert Pattinson hates these movies, so I'm oh, sure well, he's so just loathing this. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Were you a Team Jacob yeah. person or a Team Edward person? No, I was like, hate everyone. I could... In fact, no, but you have to pick actually, one. Everybody is one no, or the other. I wrote other. a treatise about, oh, I wrote gosh. in my my uh, senior capstone for this young adult literature class, I wrote about love triangles in Twilight versus Hunger Games and how Twilight is, whereas Hunger Games, like, you know, the woman is in the power is at the peak of the, anyways, it was a big passion project of mine. And so I do not think either of those characters is healthy. And to anyone listening who still thinks Team Edward is a good idea, it's not, but neither is Team Jacob because he fell in love with a baby. So yeah, well, so Team Edward is clearly (laughs) the correct of the two. Um, It's a really tough call. The issue with Hunger Games is that one of the people in the love triangle is not even in most of the books. <laughs> so it's basically just a romance with like a third person who's like, hey, and they're like, no, yeah. okay. Well, Gail thinks he's important. He's also a toxic figure, but that's a conversation for Yeah, he's day. real bad. <laughs> um, also, Gigi Hadid and Zayn are having a baby. Did you read yes. about that? 
exciting yeah, stuff. I know. Wild because she had just been with, you know, Tyler C from Bachelor World last year. And so, I mean, just a few last summer. So, I mean. Well, they've been on again, off again, I think for five yes. years now, but they only had just re-gotten back on again this like winter. So it's yeah. crazy that they're already uh, pregnant, but I guess, yeah. you know. Things happen. When in quarantine. quarantine. <laughs> Speaking of bachelor like relations, though, um, in total non-news, Kelly and Peter, we know they've been um, they've been quarantining together. But Peter has been like, we're not dating. I just have a crush on her, but we're not dating. Nothing's official yet. We're not dating. And so it broke none of the Internet whatsoever when they officially announced like, oh, yeah, this is my girl. And they did it with the most cringy TikTok. Like, I've never seen anyone worse at TikTok than than Pete Weber. He is so bad. How long do you think they have been actually together for? Like, do you think that they were actually sort of together when they were filming the um, the finale? And that's why everything was so weird. No, I don't think so. I really don't. Like, I don't think Peter is, like, suave enough to be that, like, secretive and conniving. (laughs) Like, he's a dumb, derpy dude. I think he's been totally honest when he's like, oh, I was into Madison, then I was into Hannah, then I was back into Madison, then we broke up and I started hanging out with Kelly. And now I really like Kelly, so we're dating. Barb is really on board, though. She posted a clip art pic collage on her (laughs) Instagram um, celebrating the two of them with some pixelated photos of their time on The Bachelor. So did um, but we still don't know why Kelly wasn't at any of those Bachelor finale things. Yeah, I think production just didn't think she was irrelevant or interesting or maybe they didn't like her. But like, right. But like, that's not a good reason. I mean, that's a reason not to ask her questions or not to give her a segment. That's not a reason to have her be the only person who's not there. I mean, they had well, random people that you've never even heard petty, of. So if they didn't like I her, guess. then they wouldn't want her to have like more notoriety for more followers. And at the time, she wasn't like get. She wasn't the most popular on Instagram. You know, she wasn't like getting the most traction. Um, have you ever thought about being like, a reality TV producer? <laughs> No, I think I'd feel too bad. Like I I don't think I'd be good at it. I think you would be good at it though. Oh, well, definitely. <laughs> I'd live for the drama. Yeah. But And I, I have mean, no emotion, so it'd be great. Yeah. I'd be like, "Yes, get them all drunker. Push them in the pool." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Chris Harrison was interviewed about it and was just like, "Yeah, I mean, I hope this one works out for him." <laughs> what else can we really say, you know? Fourth time's a charm. He's for sure like dead to the franchise right now. Yes. <laughs> Like, there's no way they're bringing him back yeah, for anything. I mean, it was a rough a rough season, so I don't think anyone's really wanting to. But maybe Barb that. on Bachelor in Paradise. Although, <laughs> honestly, we don't have Bachelor in Paradise, right? Because they, they didn't film yeah. it? Yeah. R.I.P. Are you I watching know. that terrible-looking music show? I've heard people no. are watching it, and I'm like, no, thank you. I don't know. It's too much. Also, they just announced that they were going to do, like, a Bachelor Rewind, where... They would do three-hour episodes every Monday this summer, revisiting an entire season of one of the, you know, one of the past seasons, which just sounds like absolute hell to me because it'll just be like Chris Harrison narrating it and doing like dramatic, you know, interviews aside. And you're just like, it's a bad idea. And they should have just released the past seasons on a Netflix because I think that's why that's why they did it because they did release one past season, Jake, um, or no, uh, one of the one of the characters whatever it doesn't matter but anyways that was a huge hit and it was so fun to revisit but now they're just like 
packaging them into these three hour specials that just is like that's way too much it's way too much time well and it's a whole season watered down they're on they're abc so shouldn't they be on hulu uh no none of them are available i don't know why they remove them after yeah weird um okay well i won't be watching those uh either so (laughs) um anything else or do you want to get into love it or hate it um no that's that's it that's all I had. Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I watched Never Have I Ever on Netflix, which is the new teen comedy series uh, created by Mindy Kaling. And it follows the story of this young 15-year-old Indian-American high school girl named Debbie, who is living in California. And she had a really rough freshman year. And so she's trying to she's trying to up her social status this sophomore year. And um, it was a really cute. I was a big fan of it. Mindy Kaling is sort of hit and miss for me. Like, obviously, she, you know, shot to fame with her work on The Office. And then she did the Mindy Project on Hulu, which I watched. And I really struggled to like it because it felt like it was very, like, childish in its romantic ideals because Mindy herself is very into the rom-coms and like sites like you know Nora Ephron is like her hero and that sort of thing so it felt like very it was just too hard to take seriously and it all just got messy but I think it fits much more into this teenage like narrative and it has the you know it's about the Indian American experience and high school and there's all these funny tropes and like cute moments and it's like the love triangle of the arch nemesis turned secret crush and the hot jock who starts to find her dorkiness adorable. And like, <laughs> it just really works for me. I, I've i seen a lot about this on Twitter and it sort of looks like a show that I would like, but also I feel like there's 900 different <laughs> varieties of this same show that are on air right now of like no. the kind of like dorky high school, like it felt like similar to sex education maybe um and some of those kind of things and i was like like, i don't know if i've hearted okay but it's also pretty smart like there's a lot of fun humor and actually there's an entire like b storyline about how bonkers riverdale is so oh well (laughs) well sign me up for that then shall we (laughs) yeah but it it has a good cast it stars this newcomer um maitri ramar krishnan who is like she hasn't been in anything but she's really good she's very cute there's a new like netflix boy crush who is very good in it um the music is all fun like i think they do a good job of like making that sort of elevated teen comedy but still like you know silly and fun and entertaining and there's also like a very emotional storyline Netflix does have like six areas that they just have the market on and like every two months they come up with another version of the same thing and one of them is definitely like the teenage like romance and then (laughs) it's like true crime and then now they've got the like B-League B-League reality series (laughs) that's you know with the circle and too hot to handle yeah. So if you have any like you know attachment to, to, to all the boys I loved, like I think this is better because it feels more fresh and kind of like the humor is a little more sharp. And I mean, Mindy's a good Did you writer, watch like, Sex you Education? Know. Um, No, I haven't. It's on my list. I know you really love it. <sighs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's great. Yeah. And you would honestly love that because <laughs> there's like 
there's a bunch of the characters that I feel like you would really like. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, a characters that you did not like, I have been watching Normal People, which is out on Hulu. Uh, we talked about the book on our book episode a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole series just dropped. It's 12 episodes, but each episode is only a half hour. It's a very weird format because it feels like, well, why isn't it just six longer episodes right. it's a drama it's not a comedy there's really no reason why and why um, they drop them all at once be i also don't know that uh, it's it's through the bbc so i don't know if maybe that has something mm. to do with it like how they're released there i mean personally i kind of like the half hour format because i can watch it like during my lunch right. break or whatever and it doesn't feel like you know it's a big chore um, so I've been cruising through it. I'm like through eight of the 12 episodes and it's good. It's weird though, because it's like almost shot for shot what the book is. It's a very <laughs> similar tone. They're not really doing anything different with it. So it's sort of weird to watch it so closely after reading the book because it's lines of dialogue, like everything is exactly the same. And then it's very horny Nobody that you have ever heard of is in it. And I think mostly so that they could get everyone to be completely naked. I mean, it's like you just (laughs) naked bodies left and right. I like it, but I think I like the book more. I don't know if I was just so entranced by the book and that the sort of unlikableness of the characters didn't (laughs) hit me as much or if they're somehow more unlikable on screen because you can't hear their like inner monologues or whatever. But I like the series, but I don't like it nearly as much as I like the book. So hmm, I don't know. It's kind of like a. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to finish it and I enjoy it, but it, I'm glad sort of that it's only going to be one season. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard from people who really like the series, but have never read the book. So, I mean, I guess usually adaptations tend to go the other way, where they ruin the book for people. So having something too true to it is maybe a a good problem to have. <laughs> Yeah, it's just interesting because like the book, I mean, you read the book, there's not, it's very intimate and there's not a lot of like action that really happens in it necessarily. And so the show also doesn't have like a lot of action scenes. It's, it's mostly just like the couple either in bed or sort of like talking to each other in various, you know, in a car, in a kitchen, on a walk, on a bike ride, you know, it's not. I kind of kept waiting for something more like exciting. And then even some of the parts that I would have thought were bigger in the book, they sort of have like played down in the show to make them like <laughs> less wild. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Like there's this scene in the book that's kind of this big blow up fight that they have in like like a villa in Italy. And I just watched the episode where that scene happens. And it's like in the book, it takes place at night and it's sort of like this. I don't know. It feels very like high tension. And in the Mm, show, it's like takes place in the afternoon. It kind of just feel like it's like, I don't know. You know, there's just not the same sense of tension there. It's like awkward, but not nearly as like devastating i don't know yeah. it's interesting <laughs> well but i would recommend you not watch it, it so yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think yeah, you would hate on it my do not i think i blocked it on hulu so i'd stop getting notifications because can we just talk about how hulu's system is like very weird and it never takes you to what you've been watching first it just takes you to like watch this now Oh, yeah, I'm definitely watching this on Hulu, so I definitely know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, it's a frustration for me, and I'd wish you could appreciate it, but congrats on 
on not noticing such a blatant (laughs) issue in my mind. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot we've watched in quarantine, I feel like. And if anyone has recommendations, you can always email them to us at psurong at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at PSURong and uh, talk to us there. Yeah, or you can leave us a review at Apple Podcasts, which is also great. We read those on air. And we'll be back on Thursday to talk about the HBO movie Bad Education, um, Mm. which I think there's a lot of interesting things to tackle with that. (laughs) And it's a movie that you should definitely all see if you haven't already. And because, you know, there's nothing good coming out and it is an actual real movie with real movie stars that is on HBO. Um, So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.